Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, I'm thrilled to say we have Rosie Wynn, the co-founder and chief creator officer at FanHouse, though... She's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Rosie, thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Are you ready to dive in? I'm so excited. Hell yeah, let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Bets Recruiting. Hell yeah, you heard that right. It's a summer Bets blockbuster, baby. The return of Bets Recruiting. Two Bets, Two Furious. Tagline? This time, all bets are on. (laughs) I'm so happy to have Vets Recruiting back as a sponsor of Non-Technical. Not only is Vets Recruiting the only recruiting firm by recruiters for recruiters, but they've been trusted for more than a decade to build out sales, marketing, and customer success teams. More than a decade. Name one company that's been around for more than a decade. That's right, it's Vets Recruiting. In that time, Vets has partnered with thousands of tech companies, helped build 30 plus unicorns, and supported tens of thousands of people along their career trajectory. If you're hiring go-to-market talent, or you are go-to-market talent, check out vetsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. I bet you won't be disappointed. Bets, you can have that catchphrase if you want. That one's on the house. Rosie is the co-founder and chief creator officer at FanHouse, a platform that helps creators connect with fans and monetize exclusive content, as well as a content creator herself. As chief creator officer at FanHouse, Rosie works to empower and advocate for fellow creators. She's a 2022 Forbes 30 Under 30 honoree and has been featured in publications like Forbes and Bloomberg for her deep understanding of the creator economy. As a content creator, she's over 160,000 followers on Twitter, at Jasmine Rice Girl, and has also been quoted in various publications for her provocative tweets. An immigrant from Vietnam, Rosie graduated as a first-generation low-income student from the University of Pennsylvania Wharton in 2020 with concentrations in finance and operations, information and decisions, and began her content creation journey as a way to pay her way through college and support her family. Now, Rosie lives in LA with her rescue dog, Jackfruit. Rosie Wynn, welcome to Non-Technical. Hello, hello. So happy to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have you. I've really been looking forward to this since we chatted, I think maybe last week, two weeks ago. Yeah. Love oh it. Oh my God, time feels feels so <laughs> weird. I don't even know what yesterday, I know. like what happened yesterday. Literally, when was that? And shout out to JMJ for connecting us. He is the best. Absolute goat. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So Rosie, I'm excited to chat with you because you and I don't know each other in the real world. And so we're going to get to know each other on the pod. Tell me this. How did you spend your last day off? I was camping actually. I was uh, in Camp Mendocino. It's about three hours north of San Francisco. So I was out in nature, just walking barefoot along the dirt. I was picking up rocks. Uh, Hell yeah. Very nice time actually. What did it feel like? Just felt... Like just calm and quiet and mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes this is this is how life should be. I'm sure you know it too, but we spend so much of our time just looking at a screen at a desk and our computer and working towards the next thing. Mm-hmm. And we never really pause just mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this is what a leaf looks like. Right. But that's what I did. I looked at a lot of leaves actually yes. and they're fascinating. <laughs> they 
there's so many colors and, mm-hmm. and so many things that go into a leaf. That was my weekend. That sounds gorgeous. And prior to going camping, were you craving some nature time or is this something that you do a lot regularly? Oh my God. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I don't take enough walks as I should. Well, I guess I, I always crave it, but at the same time, I was really stressed going into it because I was like, I have a million things to do for work. And um, I felt almost guilty about taking mm. this time off. But but yeah, when when we were there, there's absolutely no signal. There was like no internet whatsoever. So you really were forced to just unplug. Mm. And I was very grateful for that. Yeah. Sometimes that forced unplug is really nice. Mm-hmm. So Rosie, what is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something inconsequential that you would really go to bat for. I like to think I wouldn't die from anything. So the things <laughs> I would die for are pretty consequential. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's a hill to die on, but I will block people on Twitter if if they don't like Hunter Hunter, which is my favorite anime. Okay. It's called Hunter Hunter. Yeah. It's actually this poster. Oh, amazing. Oh, it's a poster in your room. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So if I've ever seen a take on Twitter that's like Hunter Hunter is overrated, I block the person. You block immediately. Doesn't matter who they are. Okay. This is fascinating. So what if they have provided like valid artistic criticism or opinion on Hunter Hunter. And they're not saying it's bad necessarily, but they are, they're pointing out some things that could perhaps be improved from an artistic perspective. Would you still block? Oh no, I think that's different. Right. I think like kind of like a thoughtful discussion Mm -hmm. is different than like when I mean, yeah, like someone just says it's bad. Like that's it. It's just Hunter Hunter is bad. Or like, I don't like people who watch Hunter Hunter. Then I'm like, okay, well that's me. So you don't have time for people with that energy in your life. Exactly. Totally get it. How did you get into Hunter Hunter? I used to actually watch a lot of anime with my brother uh, growing up. So Hunter Hunter was, I think, maybe actually the first anime we watched together. Mm. Yeah, I would literally just spend all day in his room. We'd watch like 10 hours straight of anime. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was one of the ways we, we, we actually really bonded and got closer as siblings. Yeah, so Hunter Hunter has, has a special place in my heart because it's this, it's this story about these two best friends. They're really close as brothers, too, mm. and, and they remind me a little bit of my brother. Oh, that's really sweet. How far apart are you two in age? Just a year and a half. Oh, so you're really close in age. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's younger. That's great. If you weren't doing what you do now professionally... What would you be doing? I think I would be doing content creation full time. Oh, really? I think that's that's something that I love to do. Uh, yeah, I think I'd be streaming kind of like eight hours a day type of thing. Wow. Watching anime for 10 hours, streaming for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> I see why you need to hit the woods every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't. I don't watch that much anime now. I think. I think I maybe make like thirty minutes a day. For okay, it. I'll watch an episode while I eat lunch. That's a nice break in the day. Yeah. Do you draw? Like, do you ever draw and create create anime? No, I have no artistic talent hand wise. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. I sing, but I don't draw. For example, that's incredible. Did you always sing? Yeah, actually, growing up, I think singing was was always an outlet for me. I, mm. I won my first like singing award when I was four, actually. Whoa, that's uh, like like at really like at a talent young. show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, and yeah, my mom used to tell me stories about how I was actually a really obnoxious kid growing really? up. Like I would cry a lot, and okay. no one could get me to stop crying unless they started playing music for me, really? and then I would shut up because I was singing instead. Wow, do you know what song you won that talent show with? It was a Vietnamese song, actually. Mm. It, was a, it was this Vietnamese talent show. Do you have any memory of it, or do you just know that you were there? I do. Uh, through photos, too, actually. Yeah. 
the the song I sang was a song called Met You, which means um like my my loving mom, mm. roughly. And it doesn't remind me of the talent show, but it obviously makes me think of my mom. Yeah. I do still love that song and remember most of the lyrics, actually. Wow. I sing it now and then. That's beautiful. So is singing still a part of your life? Oh, for sure. So I stream and sometimes when I stream, I also sing and try to play some piano. Whoa, that is... That must be so cool. At first when you said that, because whatever, but this is literally what I thought you meant. I thought you meant that while you're playing a game and streaming a video game, you're just like singing to yourself. I do that too. Oh, okay. But I think what you mean is that you sometimes like actually legitimately like stream and sing and play songs and stuff like that. Yes. Okay. Like the, the stream is just me singing nice. and then yeah, talking in between. <laughs> I do kind of like the idea though of watching a stream of someone just kind of going about their day, you know, but like singing to themselves quietly. Because <laughs> that's kind of what I do at home. Like I just like sing around my house for fun or while I'm working on something. And I think that would be a hilarious stream. <laughs> I'm going to take that as an idea and see if it works out. I'll let yeah. You know. Let me know. I'm happy <laughs> to pop in, contribute. <laughs> we can do a duet. Oh my God. That, that could be fun. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I've done some like collab streams like that before. So be I awesome. will take you up on that. The one game that I wanted to start streaming on a regular basis is Roller Coaster Tycoon. Did you ever play Roller Coaster Tycoon? No, I played like the cooking versions of it. Okay. Yeah, I get how it goes, but not not that one. Yeah, I think that this was a big, well, I know that this was like a central game to people my age growing up. This was like our game. And if you say Roller Coaster Tycoon to people within like a tight age range, you'll get like a really strong reaction. And so I was thinking it would be fun to stream Roller Coaster Tycoon. And then, this is very dorky, I was thinking I could talk through the business decisions I was making about how to run the theme park and have people like oh weigh gosh. in and then like name guests after them. They could help name the rides. And I could be like, okay, I think we should increase our marketing budget budget because we can spend a little extra right now, but we also need to keep our costs low. I love that. It's interesting how much business decisions go into games. Yeah. Because uh, I, I still play a lot of video games and growing up, my big game were, were stuff like Neopets, Club Penguin, yeah. RuneScape. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah. And especially when you're a kid with no money, like yeah. you have to be so smart with the decisions you're making with the like limited resources. Yeah, that you have. definitely. <laughs> Wow. I loved Neopets. What kind of Neopets did you have? I had a Kachik. I had a yellow Kachik. <gasps> I had a yellow Kachik. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what is, what is, why did you pick that? Her name was Finky118. <laughs> She's just cute. Yeah. That's so cute. I loved the Kachiks because they looked like puppy dogs <laughs> to me. I think that's probably what it is yeah. uh, for me too. Yeah. I love, I love dogs. I've always had one, I think. Yeah. And you have a dog now, you said. I do. He's, uh, he's sleeping. You can see him in the background, but it honestly could just be a stuffed animal. <laughs> he's so cute and curled up. Yeah. That's my boy. So clearly you have a lot of very useful talents, but do you have any truly useless talents? Like talents that are truly and utterly useless? I don't know if I believe there's anything as like a truly useless talent because even something that you think is useless is like, maybe it's a conversation starter, like, right? Like, yep, it's not true. useless anymore that's because true. I get, it's an answer for your podcast. Yeah, you're right? totally right. I agree with you. I agree with you. In that specific scenario, it's useful. <laughs> I'm kind of good at League of Legends. Oh, really? That's kind of, I mean, yeah, what does that do for me? <laughs> I mean, so maybe that. That's very interesting. I just was talking with a friend of mine who's also a comedian, actually, about League of Legends very recently. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, what, what, what were you saying about it? Yeah. He was telling me that that's why the hashtag LOL is big, and it's not just because of hashtag LOL, meaning laugh out loud. And I had that had mm -hmm. never occurred to me. Yep. And now I know. 
Thank God. Always learning. You know, the more you know. Every day is just a new thing to be discovered. That's <laughs> That's right. That's 100% right. Okay. Aside from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so all the basics, what is something that you couldn't go a day without? Oh, tea. Really? I love tea. I and yeah, I've been sipping on yes. tea. Like what kind of tea, tea are you sipping on right now? Genmaicha tea. Ooh, what's that? It's very, it's like green tea with some like roasted rice in it. That's so funny. That's almost exactly what I'm drinking right now. I'm having a green, like a matcha green tea with, with toasted rice is the flavor. Oh my God. Wow. There's so many, there's whoa. weird similarities I coming know. up here that I'm kind of like, whoa, spooky. Love it. I love a little spookiness, you know, yeah. little magic. I honestly do. I, in life, I love a little magic. What do you think? I do too. I mean, who doesn't love magic, right? That's. Just... I think there are curmudgeons and other naysayers who are not as excited about these little moments of whimsy in life. I love anything that I can get. Yeah, me too. I think <laughs> life, we is, can... life is hard as it is. I agree. Just, I take, I'll take it. Me too. We can magic, block those people. I'll take it. Anyone who's anti-magic, block, done. You're right. I like that a lot, actually. I'm going to add that to my list Perfect. of people I will block. Good. Do you believe in ghosts? I think with most supernatural things, my mm. my main take is just, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how could you know? There, There's so much going on in the world and I'm just an ignorant little person yep. in it. So I've never witnessed anything that I'm like, that's a ghost yeah. or it's hard for me to see that in my head, yeah. but who knows? You know, I went to dinner with one of my best friends last night and she mm-hmm. posed a question in a way that I thought was really interesting. Basically, like, can everything that exists out there be explained by science? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But what I like about that question is she said, so to rephrase, do you believe in magic? And I was mm. like, oh, I love that. I love that so much. Mm. No, things like this make me think of topics like astrology, hmm. for example. Yeah. Are you into astrology? Kind of. Like, I know my sign and okay. I know like the main things that says about me, but, uh, not more than that. Sure. But I have a lot of friends that are so passionate about astrology, right? And they're so smart and they study it so, so deeply mm. that like, yeah, how, how can I see that and just be like, there can be no truth to that or that they're, you know, they're absolutely wrong. I agree with you on that. And then what I would add to it is there are lots of things that I don't understand that do impact my daily life. Like, I don't know how certain medicines work, but I'll still take them because I have to take them. And yet with things like astrology, we write them, a lot of people write them off as like, well, I don't get how that could possibly work. And it's like, oh, really? Do you get how the rest of the, do you get how your eyes work? Are you kidding? (laughs) We just have like full on cameras in our heads. What? No, this was a big thought I was having this weekend while camping, but like, yeah, like I I was actually having, having a a conversation with someone. So I went camping with a, a group of actually like other people in technology, Mm. like my age. I mean, they're smart. They're the type of people where like, I picked up a rock and I was like, what is a rock? And they had the scientific definition for me, right? Love that. But yeah, like there's actually right now a lot of discovery into our our retinas and how much they do because basically a lot of people thought that the eye just soaks in information and then the brain processes all of it. Yeah. But there's actually discovery right now that the eye does a lot of the processing too. Oh, that's and interesting. So for example, did you know, I think scallops, scallops okay. have like millions of eyes that surround their entire really? body, but they don't have a brain, but the eyes are there for a reason. It's like, it, yeah, it, it tells them from all angles, like if there's food to like go out and catch it. That's fascinating. Even scientific things that science can't explain yet, <laughs> you know, or like I was watching the stars and mm. like, and thinking about how 
even when we look up at stars, we're looking at like dead stars that don't even exist anymore. I right? know. I, I like, we're like looking back in time. No. And I'm just like, the, the, even the science part doesn't make sense. I know. There's just every, everything is so big. I agree with you so much. So how do I know? Like maybe they're ghosts, maybe dead, like maybe stars we're looking at are ghosts. How do I know? <gasps> maybe the stars are ghosts. <laughs> and honestly, that could be just as believable as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that's my take. Great. I love <laughs> it. That's a great take. Okay. What is your most irrational fear? I also like to think my fears are pretty rational. <laughs> <laughs> Most people do. Most people do. I totally understand. Yeah. Cause fears all come from a, a place of, uh, some real psychological safety or something, but my biggest fear I'll say is, is being alone, mm. like being completely alone. Like if I were in a world where no one exists that loves me or cares yeah. about me anymore. And I guess it's pretty irrational because it'll be pretty hard yeah. for like there just to be a world where only I exist or, or everybody hates me or something. Yeah. I absolutely relate to that. Are you somebody that likes to spend time alone? I definitely do. Like I, I recharge alone like anyone else. I like to write, like just play a bunch of games or read books. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll say like something really important for me in my life. is just like family and loved mm. ones, like a lot I would say like 90% of the things I do is, is for my family or for someone that I love. Yeah. And you can see that obviously in your background, but it's cool to hear that that's still a big part of your life and how you spend your time. Yeah. And I think it, it always will be. So, so losing that would be very scary. Yeah. That would be scary. I, I, I do think it's irrational though. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> if it all really goes left, just give me a call and we can talk. You can tell me about Hunter Hunter. <laughs> but what that's the what if you're no longer here, Alexis? Oh God, Alexis? then I don't know. You can listen to this episode of the podcast and you can remember. <laughs> that's that's actually really sweet. Thank you. <laughs> of course. If you could possess the ability to hear what other people were thinking, would you? It's a good one. I think I would, but with the caveat that I can choose when I want to hear a thought and it's not constant. Yeah. That would be horrible. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard because at the same time, like, is that even a power I want to wield? Because it's one of those things where you can see how it could really just ruin you forever. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, to some extent, some people use a sense of that power, right? Like people who go through their partner's messages, for example. Yeah. Or like, or yeah, or not by their partner, like even a friend or like your family member. Like my mom used to read my diary. Oh my God. Oh no. Yeah. And like, I said horrible things about her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That probably hurt her to death. And did she need to know that? Like, did it? Mm -hmm. I feel like if I were to ask people that read messages, like, were they glad for it? It'll probably be a mixed bag. I think they probably uncovered truths that they they wanted or needed to know, but... Sometimes it can just be hurt that you don't need to add to your life. I agree. I agree. I'm trying to think of what my answer to this question is. And I think that I would not want the power at all, actually. Mm -hmm. I think I would not want the power at all because oftentimes what we think and feel in the moment is so not representative of how we really think and feel in the larger sense, like how you feel, how you maybe like felt about your mom when you were writing those things is not how you like feel about her more broadly. And I think that we need the safety to like have those thoughts or write them down or have our private little moment or in therapy or whatever. So that then we can return back to the world and be like, okay, I'm good. (laughs) Yep. I think you're right. Actually, I would do that too. And I think a part, another part of it is like this trust for, of others, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I have you know, a partner that I love and I'm like, 
oh, they seem to, maybe they don't love me anymore. Maybe Mm. they're cheating. Whatever it is, I should be able to trust them enough as a partner that it would come to light that I don't need to read their thoughts to uncover these questions. Like I should trust that I'm with someone. Whatever they're appearing to me at surface level is also is also who they are inside. Wow. Um, that's actually something I I really love as a thought. Have you ever seen Bojack Horseman? Yeah, oh, the whole thing, whole series. Oh, it's a great yeah. show. But actually in the first episode when Diane and Bojack are on the rooftop yeah. and Bojack, so for anyone who doesn't know, Bojack is this deeply depressed, flawed main character yeah. in the show. And he's kind of an asshole. Like he just does mm-hmm. terrible things to people. And he's talking to Diane. He's trying to defend himself. He's like, you know, Diane, do you believe in like, there's a deep down inside of people, like deep down, I'm a good person. And Diane says that she doesn't think there's a deep down. She says, who you are is is who you show, right? Like mm. who you are is, yeah, like the things that you do, things that you say to people is who you are. If you were a good person, then you would be doing good things to people. Mm. Not like, oh, you're a good person, but but you, you know, make life hard for everyone around you. I try to live by that and and that to other people too is... um the things that we choose to do is, is a, right. Is obviously just a reflection of who we are. hundred percent. And to your point, if how people perceive you is what you show them, then what really does it matter if you're all that different or better quote on the inside, if what you're showing to people is something that's not that. Yes. So yeah, I guess to to answer this question, I think I would just trust people like whatever they show to me, what they choose Mm. to say to me, if they are complimenting me, I I will take that as at that face value instead of trying to read their mind. Like, well, did they really like my yeah. outfit? Yeah, that's not necessary. Do you know RuPaul? No. Oh. <sighs> Rosie, 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 Rosie. Sorry. That's okay. Oh that's God. okay. No, no, no. Is it? Paul, <laughs> I can hear you Googling. <laughs> <laughs> is, are you, is this the drag queen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so Ru- I do actually. Oh, okay, fantastic. Oh, so one of the things that RuPaul oh, says is what other people think of me is none of my business. I love that one. I think I've said that on this podcast before. I just love it. It's so good. It's so simple and yet so profound. I think I have read that or before as well. It's a nice thing to remember, especially if you spend a lot of time on the internet. Words to live by, courtesy of RuPaul. Rosie, tell me this. Do you remember the most recent thing, situation, whatever, that made you laugh the hardest? I can think of a TikTok that made me laugh like crazy and I can't remember whose account it was but it's this guy and it's just the most chaotic 60 seconds I've ever watched it's okay. this guy and he starts he starts off the video he's like I just took 20 milligrams of Adderall so it's about to oh, hit boy. me in like 10 minutes trippity trip he like starts walking he goes out to the pool he's like he, he's talking to his dog he's like what are you doing here like out here in the pool like and he starts making like weird sounds and then he finds a cockroach or like oh. a dead bug or oh. something on the pool. He just snatches it with his bare oh my hands. God. And then he feels it being alive in his hands. And he's like, oh, it's still alive. And then he throws it up in the air and he's like, be free. And you could see in the, you could see the cockroach just being tossed in the air. <sighs> and that was like just the funniest ending. I watched that video many, many times. Wow. And I don't know if I explained it. Well, I'll send you a link later and hopefully Please send you it laugh. to me. It sounds great. It sounds utterly chaotic, frankly. I love, I love chaos. Okay. Tell me more. There's this question that I love to ask people Mm. when I interview them for like job positions or or to get to know someone too. But I I always ask someone, if you're a type of food, what type of food would you be and why? Or like what type of food you think represents you? Yeah. And I'd love to hear your answer, but, but my answer is a hot pot. 
uh, if you're familiar with yes. that. Oh, great answer. Do you have your reasoning Thank for it? You. Yes. And and specifically the kind that's like split into four soup bases. Okay. There's like a spicy one, an herbal one, like miso, like neutral. And I think I'm just very like versatile as a person. I put on a lot of different hats, right? Like my Twitter is, is a very specific persona yeah. and like who I am at work. And yeah, I can write, I can be spicy, feisty, salty, all of those things. But I love hot pot specifically because it's very chaotic good as a food. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's what I strive to be as a person, right? Ah. A hot pot for people that don't know is it's like, yeah, like these soup and there's a lot of soup flavors. And then it's a bunch of dishes of ingredients, like mm-hmm. everything you can think yeah. of. There's fish, there's squid balls, there's meat, there's spinach, there's lotus root, there's potatoes. And you can throw all of that into the pot at any time during dinner and fish it out at any time you want. So it's, it's all of these things being thrown in and they all taste great. They all come out great. And I think that's me with life is like life just throws a lot of shit at me and I try to make the best of it and come out on top. So I think that's my version of like when life throws you lemons, make like when life throws you any kind of ingredient, make hot pot. Wow. (laughs) I love that. Wait, that is such a good answer. Thank you. Thank you. That's my little bit on being chaotic. I love it. I want to add a layer to it potentially, which is that I think of hot pot as something that brings people together. I think of it as something that gathers people. And you mentioned that your family and your loved ones are really important to you. And so I think it also works for that layer too. Yes. Yeah. I usually include that bit too. Oh, good. You eat it with a lot of people and I love having people in my life. But yes, I'd love to hear your answer. I wonder what mine would be. I'm, I'm sort of thinking about things that I really enjoy. And so I don't know, my, my go-to reaction thing that first comes to mind would be very, very simple, which is like a really, I I mean, I think people who listen to my show a lot aren't going to know what I'm going to (laughs) say, which is just like a really incredible delicious cup of black coffee. Something where it's been roasted perfectly and it's been brewed right, like in a French press or a Chemex, something that took time and intention to brew, not just like something from the gas station that got thrown in with a bunch of other beans, Mm -hmm. whatever, but like something that really like love went into making it and like time went into making it. And then it's in like a perfect mug, like the kind of mug that just feels good in your hands, Mm. nice and hot, but not too hot. And then black, because I think that's the best way that you can taste all the different flavors and nuance. Mm. And I think that there are plenty of parts of that description that also fit me, especially in the sense that like black coffee is, it's intense and it's flavorful Mm. and it might not necessarily be for everyone, but the people that love black coffee really love a good cup of black coffee. That's a beautiful answer. Almost makes me want to have a cup of black coffee coffee right now, but but I am a tea person. But she's a tea person. She's a tea person. (laughs) No worries. I'll be the cup of black coffee instead. (laughs) I'll be your coffee, Rosie. (laughs) <laughs> There's a, a type of tea called Hong Kong milk tea, oh, yeah? which is like half coffee and half tea. And it's actually oh, quite good. I've never yeah, had that. A blend of worlds. Okay. I'm going to try that next time I have the opportunity to. That sounds great. Where does one normally get that? I think at any like a milk tea, well, not any, but about half the milk tea okay. stores will have something like that. Have you ever had Vietnamese coffee? Yeah. Okay. Vietnamese coffee is also fire. Yeah. Like a dessert. That's a dessert to me. That makes sense. I, I think I... Uh, I'm on the sweet tooth side. Yeah. 
Rosie, have you ever injured yourself in an embarrassing way? I'm actually very clumsy as a person, so I, I'm always bumping into walls. Okay. Like, I'm always bruising myself. I'm like an apple. Really? Like a, oh, yeah, no. Kick into a corner, like, ah! And then there was always someone to witness it. I haven't had too many serious injuries, fortunately. Okay, that's good. But you bump into things. Yeah, yeah. All the time. One time at a shoe store, I bumped into what I thought was another person, but it was me in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. I, I do that a lot with inanimate objects. Oh, yeah. Like I will like step onto something or re- like, yeah. And I think it's a person. And then I like my immediate, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and course. then I look down and it's like a backpack. Yeah, literally. And- <laughs> 100%. <laughs> the rudest I think an inanimate object can be is when you are walking around with corded headphones on. And it gets caught on a doorknob. Oh, God, I hate that. Is there anything worse? And just yanks you back. Or like, or the same with like a tail end of your shirt. Oh, yes. Yes. Because it feels like a person is pulling you back. Mm -hmm. Very jarring. The lucky thing is I think everyone experiences something like that one way or another. And and people don't actually judge you too much when you're going through it. Definitely not. Oh, I let go a long time ago of (laughs) pretending I was... (laughs) graceful or coordinated. (laughs) If you could choose one social nicety to do away with, so that could be like saying bless you, holding doors for people, whatever, what would you get rid of? Mm, I really hate how are yous. Oh, tell me more. Well, I just think it's such a loaded question Mm. and you never really get like a full honest answer from Mm. someone. So to me, it's like, there's no point in asking out. Obviously you're asking because it's a nicety to start, right? Like, how are you? Good. Like you, good. Thanks. Like, okay, now we move on to the real conversation if you do. So it's like, well, why not just start at the real conversation? You know, like like this podcast, you did not ask me, how are you? You asked me something specific where you were like, what did you do yesterday? Which is, which started a conversation or right? Like, do you believe in ghosts? And I think those are always better questions than how are you? Because you'll actually get a conversation and response. And yeah, and I love a good, genuine conversation. Me too. What would you swap out? How are you with if you could? I mean, I think something specific is nice. Like, what did mm-hmm. you do yesterday is, yeah. is way better than a how are you. Yeah. Even more specific, like, what is one word that describes how you're feeling right now? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I think that gets better at it than how are you. Right? I agree. And that in, And people feel less pressure to have to say good because sometimes I'm not good. I know. Same. And I feel (laughs) that you're totally right that often when that question is presented, they're not really asking, how are you? You're just supposed to say good and then move on. My friend Nami is really good at this. When she texts me to see how I'm doing generally, she'll be like, what's something really interesting that happened today? Or what are three words you would use to describe your day-to-day? Or she'll Mm -hmm. follow up about something really specific. Like, oh, I know you were doing X. How did that go? And it's just like the relief of not having to be like, I'm good. How are you? Because like, what does that even mean? I'm good. They're like, (laughs) especially with very close friends. It's like, I'd rather hear what you're up to, how I can support you, what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. I think how are you is is a question that's trying to be all of that. It's trying to be Mm. like, yeah, like, how are you feeling right now? What are you up to? But it, 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 and then it, in a sense, it overwhelms the person receiving it. And I think yeah. it's lazy on the person asking that question because yeah, you're leaving, you're leaving all the work on the other side. And it's, it's a lot of work to be like, well, how am I? Like, oh my God. I know. <laughs> Sometimes I just say, I'm alive. How are you? Yeah. I don't love that as a question. Cause I, I try to live very honestly and hmm. 
And I feel like that's a question that makes it hard for me to be honest. And something I've started doing is like, when someone asks me, how are you? Sometimes I respond and I'm like, small talk answer or like real answer. Yeah. And and yeah. they can decide <laughs> what can of worms they want to open. I yes. and, and it's actually interesting because some people actually, they never straight up will say like small talk answer, but yeah. they... If they don't answer like real answer, that means they kind of want a small talk answer. Yeah, it was just it was just a nicety. You mentioned wanting yeah. to live honestly. Where do you think that comes from? That's interesting. I don't really know if it comes anywhere, but it's something where I've just seen has really worked for me mm. and has has really helped me become the type of yeah, like be, be someone that I'm I'm really proud of being. Mm. And I think yeah, and I think it's just hard to be someone that you're proud of if you can't say that the person you are is honest to yourself. Yep. Do you remember making the choice to live honestly? I think so. I think, well, when I really thought about it very consciously, it was probably in college. Yeah. And I think it was because in college, there are so many, you know, like groups, you know, people want to, people love being in groups and at college. And I went to UPenn. There are many groups that are considered cool and others that are considered not cool. Okay. Right. And like Greek life is a part of what was quote unquote cool at sure. Penn. And, and even within Greek life, it's like, oh, the top brats and the top sororities. And okay. Not. And I rushed and didn't get into any sororities. Oh, really? And yeah. And I actually got some feedback from a good friend of mine. And she told me that I got rejected because my social media presence was quote unquote too much <gasps> for the girls. Like they think Whoa. I wouldn't represent the sorority in a good way. And so I had to really sit down about that and think like, wow, like, am I doing it wrong? Mm. Right? Like, am I representing myself in, you know, some kind of shameful way that makes people or groups not want me? And I really accepted. I was like, well, I'm being me, right? The way I, to to your point, like what we say, what we tweet, whatever is who we are. Like Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is, is who I am. Why would I be ashamed of that? And so if these people don't like me for that, then I should just accept that and and accept that this is probably not a group that would have been a good mm-hmm. fit for me anyway mm-hmm. and be okay with, you know, being disliked or mm-hmm. being excluded. I'm really sorry that happened. It sounds like that was really challenging at the time. It sounds like your mindset though, or the mindset that it brought you to is one that has really served you well since then. Yeah, I think so. And that's to the point of like, once I made that decision and I started seeing what came out of it, it, it was all the things I wanted. I actually made a, a tweet about uh, about that that went viral for, and sorry, this is a little resume, but when I got the <laughs> Forbes 30, right? Yeah. I made a tweet that was like, yeah, like when I was in college, I got rejected from every sorority because yeah. my social media was too much. Yeah. And now I'm Forbes 30 under 30 under the social media category. No, no, it's 10 out of 10. <laughs> that is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that was right. Like, well, I chose to stick with that social media. Oh, I, yeah. right, I doubled down on it. I didn't do any less of mm-hmm. it. And, and here I am now. So I think it worked. It worked out. I will allow that brief professional anecdote because it is just so satisfying. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. What three words would your closest friends or family use to describe you? I think I would say strong. Okay. I would say honest. Mm, Yeah. Okay. That checks out. The last one is always hard. I would like to think that they would say smart. Mm. You'd like (laughs) to think, but you're not positive. (laughs) Yeah. Because I can can be an idiot sometimes, but aren't we all? (laughs) <laughs> yes. Confer- well, at least I can only speak for myself. A tried and true idiot at times. I can be. <laughs> Strong, smart, and honest. 
Okay. Those are great words. Mm. Is that how you would also describe yourself? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're all true. I might add empathetic in mm-hmm. there. That's a good one. Yeah. That's great. When the words that you think your closest people use to describe you are also how you describe yourself, I think that's a really strong reflection of the type of authenticity you're living with. Oh, thank you. I do try and I really appreciate that. Yay. I hope so. I hope it is true. I I might have to go check later and message my family like, what are the three What are the three? You should. Yeah, I'd be curious. <laughs> I haven't asked mine. I've been asking that question for months, actually. I haven't asked my friends and family what mine are. So I have no, mm. I have no idea. I, I probably should because I would be curious. Yeah. We'll have to see. I know I, I've asked it of, I know I've asked my friends or like partners before and I, I don't remember their answers for whatever reason, but I always know that I liked their answers and agreed with them. Then they're the right people. Oh, that's so good. Okay, two-part question for you. Who would play you in a movie about your life? And what chapter of your life should we focus in on for the movie plot? I'm just going to go with the first person that popped into my head, and it's Brenda Song. (gasps) Brenda Song is fantastic. I love her. She's beautiful. Obviously, I was thinking of an Asian woman Mm -hmm. that's in film, but... Yeah, she's she's gorgeous. She has this very fun, right, fun energy yes. about her that I I see that in myself, like a little a little cheeky, a little feisty, mm-hmm. um, but also very sweet and yes. like considerate, thoughtful. And the chapter of my life to focus on that is that is a really hard one because I I think there are some really interesting chapters, and I also think about my my whole life right now is still one unfinished chapter. There's like a high school capture where, yeah, I spent, I don't know, like I spent time homeless. I moved out of home. Mm. I'm like, that's, that's pretty interesting. Or like, I mean, right now I feel like right being a fan of being a startup founder is, is a very interesting story too. Like every day is like, wow. Every day is a story of its own. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I really think you could pick any part and it would be good, but, but why not? Yeah. Like, I guess to live in the moment, why not just right now? I think that would make a wonderful movie. I think Brenda Song would crush it, actually. I think she would. I'm going to go message her right now, actually, and be like, I have a great movie idea for you. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) I'll let you know how it goes. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, just hit me up. Let me know. Okay, so Rosie, we're going to take a really quick break, and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Bets Recruiting. Grab your popcorn and put your phones on silent because we're just getting started with our summer bets blockbuster. The return of bets recruiting. Two bets, two furious. Tagline, this time, all bets are on. If your professional life right now is a movie, what kind of character arc would we be working with? Are you struggling to find the one? And by that, I mean the perfect go-to-market hire. Do you need to take off your glasses and let your hair down in order for the world to see what your resume really has to offer? Or are you simply in search of adventure, curious about the career paths less traveled? Whatever your movie arc, Bets Recruiting is ready to be your best supporting actor. Or should I say, (laughs) your Bets supporting actor. I shouldn't, but I did. If you're hiring go-to-market talent or you are go-to-market talent, check out betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Rosie Wynn, the co-founder and chief creator officer at FanHouse. Rosie Wynn, we've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. We've arrived at the lightning round. Are you ready? Oh, no, but let's do it. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect answer. My first question is one I already know the answer to, coffee or tea? Tea. iOS or Mm -hmm. Android? Android. (gasps) Android. So rare on this pod. 
Truly. Wow. And a little interesting because I use iOS products. I have an iPhone, not an Android, but I have, I have beef with Apple. You've beef with Apple? I have beef with Apple. What did they do to you? I think maybe the listeners, your listeners will know, but Apple, well, Android too, but Apple takes 30% of all transactions that happen on any app on the platform, but they have very, very like ridiculous contingents on top of that, that like you can't link out, you can't tell people their fees, you can't, it creates a a terrible product experience. And it's also just, I think, very exploitative Mm -hmm. um, in nature. And yeah, I've actually spoke on this in depth in in some interviews, but I have tweeted word for word, fuck Apple. Oh my gosh. And the executives at Apple have read that tweet. So So I have beef with Apple. Okay. Also, I love how you said that you tweeted fuck Apple and I reacted like a school teacher (laughs) that I was a guy. I was like, oh my Lord. I'm like clutching my pearls that you tweeted fuck Apple, which is like a perfectly reasonable sentiment. And I'm like, oh my stars. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know why that, where that reaction came from. (laughs) That's so funny. That's hilarious. No, I can, I can see it. It's not, it's not a common sentiment. No, no. That's hilarious. I just, wow. You're giving me a lot to think about. A lot of, I got to go take a long, mm. hard look in the mirror after this. Okay. Long, hard Sorry, look in my iPhone selfie cam. <laughs> <laughs> when you make the bed, do you use a top sheet or no top sheet? No top. Really? What is a top sheet? What is a top sheet? Like I actually, what is top? I have a fitted sheet. Okay. That's not a top sheet. Do you have a sheet that goes between the top sheet? Nope. No. Okay, no. Fitted sheet and a blanket. Okay. So when you buy sheets, what do you do with the top sheet? Oh, that's top sheet. Yeah. I use it to cover the bottom of the bed, like the the hard part. Really? Like the box spring? Yeah. Whoa. That's innovation. I've never heard of that before. Uh, Can I elaborate or is it lightning? Please. You know what? (laughs) Do whatever you want, frankly. (laughs) I love that. Okay, I will. I will. Good. So I think most people, when they have beds, they have a bed frame. Okay. So yes. that's where the box goes and it looks nice, yes, right? Yes, but yes. growing up, we were, we were too poor. I never, I've never had a bed frame in my life. And yeah. so I think, yeah, the box frame itself is very ugly. It's like, yeah. So I always thought, or what my mom taught me was, yeah, like we use the top sheet almost as this tablecloth to cover the ugly bottom. That is so smart. Yeah. And that's actually what we did with a lot of, a lot of things we own. Like uh, for a long time in, in high school and college, I didn't have a desk. Mm-hmm. I just had this cardboard box that yeah. I used and my mom would cover it in like, like a tablecloth for me so that if you walked in, you might think it was a desk, but it was a cardboard box. Wow. Oh my God. Talk about like making the most out of the situation. And I like the idea to still make something look and feel beautiful to use. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So perfect. Full circle. Have you ever read a book twice? No, I don't think so. Really? Is there any book you would consider rereading? Yes, I would. uh, My favorite book is Name of the Wind. Hmm. It's a fantasy like trilogy. Cool. And I'm waiting for the third book to come out. Oh. So when the third book comes out, yeah, usually what I do like with movies or TV shows too is when a last season comes out, I rewatch the whole thing. Sure. I definitely plan to reread all of them. That's awesome. When does it come out? (laughs) We don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Yeah. The, my man's Patrick Rothfuss is taking a little break. Same thing with Hunter Hunter. Yeah. The, the person that wrote it just kind of kind of disappeared for oh, a while, no. but he, he started writing chapters again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can send them some energy. Hopefully they can get right on it. <laughs> Ugh, energy. <laughs> Do you have a pump up song? Speaking of energy. Ooh. 
Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm so ready for whatever you're the, about to say. Though. Oh my God. The first song that came into my head yeah. is a song. Uh, it's called Once Upon a Time by Marilyn. Okay. And it goes, once upon a time, not long ago, I was a hoe. And I'm admitting it. I won't take it back because I did that shit. I was a hoe. And then, and then she goes on and she's like, more money. I want your money. I want more money. I want your money. More. And that just repeats, repeats, repeats. Yep. Yep. But it's a good song. That sounds like I a would, great I, song. I actually think I've heard I, it, to be I honest. It. Oh, yay. Yeah. There you go. Most people don't know it, which is why I go through the whole, this is how it goes. I like <laughs> your version, frankly. I thought your version was great. I would listen to the Rosie Wynn remix of Once Upon a Time. The people want it. Me. Me okay. being the people. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay, Rosie, this is very sadly my last question for you, but what would you title your memoir? Okay. Two things came in my head, so I'll say both. Let's hear it. One is actually... It was actually a headline that someone wrote about me for the information. Mm-hmm. And it was, she's, she has always played life on hard mode. Ooh. And I, I really like that. And I feel like that was true. And it, it comes up a lot. Hmm. Uh, like I was playing a board game the other day and I forgot to, like, I had good pieces to use and I forgot I had them. Like they were just on the side. Yeah. And I was playing like basically with a handicap ball game. Oh my and I was, God. Like, Damn hard mode. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Unintentionally, but hard mode. The other title I can think of would be something along the lines of like having a gorilla grip on life. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know if you I don't know if your audience knows, but I say gorilla grip a lot mm-hmm. to refer to parts of my body. Yep. And <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> but I but using that like this yeah, the, with its sexual sexual, you know, innuendos on it to to mean like yeah, like also like this this resilience that I've always had with life and Absolutely. the strength, but mm, the grip. Gorilla Grip on Life is, that is a fantastic title. I think that is perfection. <laughs> I'm Thank, ready to you. read that book. I will absolutely, All right. please. All right. Well, now I have to, when, if I, if and when I do write a memoir, that'll be my first ch- choice for a title. Good. Okay. I'm happy to hear it. Rosie Wynn, thank you so much for joining me on Non-Technical. Thank you so much for having me. This was so, so much fun. This was so fun. And where can people find more about you? If you just go to jasminericegirl.com, all of my links are there. Okay, fantastic. And you can find me at yayalexisgay on Twitter and Instagram or at nontechnicalpod on Twitter. One more time, Rosie. This was so delightful. I am so thrilled for your time today and for telling me more about you. And I hope to talk to you soon. Me as well. Ready to do all of these collabs with you. Yes, ready to collab. Okay, have a great day, Rosie. Bye. You too. Bye. 